0: Uh, things that make us fall in love with Jesus. And this is one of it for me. Um, and I might say that I'm going to speak about this very humbly. Um, and um, I don't know. The Lord will help us. Amen. I have a lot of troubles with this. And uh, Jesus just amazes me. So I want you to accept it with humility. Um, don't be angry. Amen. <laughs> Amen. so Jesus, the Bible says in chapter 7, John 7, verse 10, he says, However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also not publicly but in secret. Hallelujah. There were three festivals that the men had to appear. All the men had to appear in Jerusalem Uh, the festival of Booth, the festival of the Passover, and the festival of weeks. Everybody had to be present. Um, But when you start reading from the verse 1 of chapter 7, Jesus did not want to go. Um, I think he had a plan. He wanted to go, but somehow he didn't want to go at the very first instance. Most of these festivals lasted seven days, and so he didn't want to be there at the very beginning. So his brothers were telling him, Jesus, you know what? Since you, since you are a public figure, you know, you, I mean, the things you do cannot be hidden and all that. You have to be there and be in Jerusalem. And Jesus was saying, go with me to chapter, chapter 7, um, the, verse, the verse 2, the verse 4. Verse 3, let me start from verse 3. Jesus' brother said to him, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples there may may see the works you do. The verse 4, no one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Therefore, Jesus told them, my time is not yet here. For you, any time will do. The world cannot hate you. He hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to the festival. I'm not going up to the festival because my time has not yet fully come. After this, after he had said this, he stayed in Galilee. and then we read a verse 10 he says, however, Jesus still left. <laughs> he still went for he sneaked in during the middle part of the festival. Hallelujah. And then somehow he began teaching. And around the temple, he started teaching, and the people were fascinated about Jesus. The verse 14. Go to the verse 14 with me. Verse 14, John 7, verse 14. It says, "Not until halfway through the festival did uh, did Jesus go up to the temple courts and begin to teach." The next verse. The next verse. The Jews there were amazed and asked, "How did this man get such learning?" Without having been taught. They knew that Jesus had not been through their school. And yet, this man has so much learning, so much wisdom. And they were amazed. Now, you have to also realize that this is not the, the lower class. This is a, a class of people who understood the things that Jesus were talk, was talking about. And they understood that Jesus was speaking mysteries. He was speaking deep stuff. So, these guys were amazed. Hallelujah. I remember one time Jesus was, um, the soldiers were asked to go and bring Jesus after he healed the blind man. And the soldiers went (laughs) and they had to bring Jesus. They went to the temple and Jesus was teaching. And they stood at the temple, listen and listen and listen and listen. And they made up their minds, no, we can't take this guy. They went back to those who sent them and they said, you know what? We could not bring him. No one speaks like this man. Hallelujah. I think Jesus was an amazing teacher. I think it was so, I I just, I can't, I can't, I'm trying to feel how they felt. Having God amongst them, teaching them. I think, I think it was really amazing. Hallelujah. Amen. This class of people were so amazed. How did he get such learning? Without having gone through our school. He knows even more than those, the professors who are teaching. Now Jesus, That's something that amazes me. This is what amazes me with Jesus. Verse 16. Jesus answered, my teaching is not mine. It's not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Uh -uh. You are doing something so amazing and people are amazed at you. I think the natural thing to do is to take the glory. Jesus Says my teaching does not come from me. It's not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. It's like they are saying he did not go through our school, but Jesus is saying I sit under a different person who teaches me. I'm a student of somebody else. I'm not a student of your professors. I'm a student of God. I teach. I hear from God and I teach from him. Verse 17. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. Uh-huh. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. Imagine you could work miracles. You could do something Fantastic something amazing. Maybe you're an artist or you're a sportsman or you, or you could do something, I don't know. You're so talented at something and everybody comes to him like, how do you do this? CNN comes to look for you. BBC is at your door. Al Jazeera is also with you. And they're asking you, how did you do this? How did you come up with this? Oh. There's a sneaky temptation in your heart. If you took it from somewhere, it's a temptation you have to say, No, I did it myself. But Jesus, Jesus was different. Hallelujah. Jesus was different. And this amazes me so much about him personal glory. I remember one day, I was, I was in school. I wasn't doing well with um, ana- analysis, I did this mathematics, this whatever. I didn't have a very good beginning. Um, So I was really struggling. And one day I was in class and when the results came out, the course I wasn't doing so well at all. I was third place or something. Hey! The results came in. This guy has moved from 30 something to third place in this course. And everybody was amazed. (laughs) How did you do it? And somehow the teacher had made a mistake. But this teacher was so proud that he would not want to admit his mistake. So he said he marked the papers and the papers were correct and really this guy, Elliot, is at the third place. And the guy who was supposed to be at the third place was at my 30th place. And everybody kind of in the class just knew that, you know, Elliot, I'm mean, i serious. Let's be serious. So they went to the professor. And the professor said, no, 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 this is supposed to be. And then they came to me, lo and behold. And he said, Elliot, tell us the truth. Are you sure that you really answered all these questions? Ha! I think it's been one of the greatest temptations I've faced. I failed. I failed. I said I failed. I could not be truthful. This is a temptation to gain personal glory. If you could do something amazing maybe you are very good at something. In this world, we are all trying to find personal glory. Please put a verse up for us. We are all trying to find personal glory. We are all trying to find approval. We are all trying to be validated somehow. We are all trying to feel important among society and significant somehow. But Jesus, this amazes me with him. He's so different. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's so different. And and, and maybe our problems come from somewhere. There are are three things. All of our endeavors, all of our work, all of what we are doing, either we are looking for personal personal attention of, of an important person, or we are trying to accomplish something great or something important, Or we are trying to get some treasure or something. All of that is to feel dignified. And to feel important. And to feel validated. And to feel approved by some people. And this is so dangerous. If you go back into the Bible. Bible tells us. Let's go back into the Bible a little bit. And let's see. Genesis chapter 4. There's a group of people here. Genesis 4. Please, turn your Bibles with me. I love this. I Call them the sons of Cain. Genesis chapter 4. Oh, thank you, Father. Huh. Cain, I'm sure we all know his story. Cain offered a sacrifice to God, and his sacrifice was not accepted. Hallelujah. Cain's sacrifice was not accepted. So he was angry. He didn't get approval. He did not get approval. So Cain was angry. And we know what Cain did. Cain killed his brother. Cain killed his brother. But this is so typical of human nature. It's, 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 just, it's just with us. It's just around us. And Cain went ahead. God gave him the punishment and all that. And he said, oh, it's too much. And God said, yeah, it was beginning with God. Okay, 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 I'll reduce it. Okay, it's not going to be like that. The verse 15 to verse 16. The verse 17. John, um, Genesis 4 verse 17. Cain made love to his wife, and she, bega- she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city. <laughs> Cain was then what? Building a city. And he named it after his son Enoch. <laughs> so Cain was doing something great. Was to, he wanted to leave a name for himself. The next thing you see with the sons of Enoch, sons of Cain, the verse, 20, verse 19, he says, Lamech married two women, one named Ada. Ada, I think it's Ada. And the other, Zillah. Ada. Huh. And that gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. You can see these guys were people who did something amazing. Something wonderful. The verse, 21, verse 21. His brother's name was Jabal. He was the father of all who play stringed instruments and pipes. He did something wonderful. He's the father of all those. Like He's the chief the chief of the one who does all these things. Zillah also had a son, Tubal, Cain, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. These guys did something significant. But the motive behind all that they were doing was like Cain, was to gain approval, was to live in The Verse 23, Lamech said to his wives, Adam and Zilla, listen to me. Wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, Lamech seven, seventy-seven seven times. Look at somebody. There's something that makes him say these things and makes him do what he's doing. The sons of Cain. The sons of Cain had approval gain glory for themselves. Even if they did the wrong thing. Chapter 5. Chapter 5 of Genesis. Something amazes me here. It says, when chapter 5 verse 1 this is the written account of Adam's family line. When God created mankind he made them in the likeness of God. Hallelujah. Then um, he created them male and female blessed them. And he named them mankind when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he had a son in his own likeness and he called him Seth. Uh-huh. You remember Seth? The next verse, the verse 2 says, the verse 4 says, after Seth was born, Adam lived eight, 800 years. He had other sons and daughters and altogether Adam lived a total of 930 years and then he died. The verse 6. When Adam had lived one, um, when Seth had lived one or five years, he became the father of Enosh. After he became the father of Enosh, Seth lived da, da 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 da, and then Seth and Enosh also gave birth to somebody. else. The funny thing with the chapter five is that all the sons of Cain were not mentioned again when God was giving the line of the sons of Adam. When we gain personal glory for ourselves. Our work is not is not worthwhile. Hallelujah. Our works do not matter. Another person I would like us to see is in First Samuel chapter 15. Saul, first Samuel 15. Thank you, Father. First Samuel chapter 15, the verse 10. First Samuel 15. And this is about Saul. Then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. I regret that I have made Saul king because he had turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Samuel, the next, go back. Samuel did something. Samuel was angry and he cried out to the Lord all that, all that night. The next verse. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and went to meet Saul. But he was told Saul had gone to Camel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. Look at somebody. Saul. Hallelujah. The verse 20. Go to the verse 20. He has gone to build something in his own name, in his own anna. The verse 20 says, But I did obey the Lord. When the Lord asked him to go and um, finish with the Amalekites, I did obey the Lord. I went on the mission the Lord assigned to me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag, Yakin. The next verse. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from plunder. The best of what's devoted was devoted to God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God at Gilgal. Samuel, um, Saul went to war and came back with their king. Why? Why? God said destroy all of them. Don't bring anything back. He came back with a king. Because when you go to war and you're coming back and you come with a king in fact your glory, your shouts, the entering into your own state with the captive is more glorious than coming with yourself just by yourself. So he came back with the king. He did not follow God. Verse 30. The verse 30. Saul replied, I've seen, but please honor me before the elders of my people. <laughs> Before Israel, come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. Saul's life was just about approval. Hallelujah. Contrast this with Jesus. Jesus was different. Go with me to John chapter 5. Today I want to ask you, why are you involved in the great things you are doing? Why are you involved in the great things you are doing? John chapter 5. Verse 44. Jesus says something that has been so fascinating to me. Oh, thank you, Father. John 5, verse 44. Let me start from the verse 41. I do not accept glory from human beings. But I know you. <laughs> I know that you do not have the love of God in your heart. Let me go to the verse 44. How can you believe since you accept glory from one another but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Hallelujah. How can you believe God if you don't seek the glory that comes from God? There's a glory that comes from him. It's a glory that comes from man. Which one are you seeking? Which one are you seeking? Hallelujah! Today we celebrate Jesus entering into Jerusalem and all that, but I want to believe it wasn't about the glory of man. No, it was about God. It was about glorifying God. Hallelujah! I want to remind you that the Bible says we are precious in His eyes. Isaiah forty-three. He says, you are precious in my eyes. You are precious to me. We do not need to see glory from man. We do not need to see glory from man. John chapter 8, verse 50. Zechariah 2, he says, for you are the apple of my eye. You are the apple of my eye. Hallelujah. You are precious to me. If anybody touches you, that person touches the apple of my eye. Jesus calls us his bride. He calls us his people, the people he cares for. I want you to know that you don't need to do this. You don't need to do this. Hallelujah. Jesus amazes me with this. John chapter 8, John 8 verse 50. John 8 verse 50. Oh, I love it. Verse fifty, He says, I'm not seeking glory for myself. But there's one who seeks it and he's the judge. I'm not seeking glory for myself. Verse 54. Jesus replied, If I glorify myself, my glory means nothing. My father, whom you claim is your God, he is the one who glorifies me. He is the one who glorifies me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, I want our hearts to be lifted to the Lord. Maybe you are trying hard to perform, to please somebody. You are trying hard. Your life has been about pleasing others and pleasing somebody, pleasing people so that you could get their approval. You've been trying to perform very hard, but I want to encourage you. God says you are pleasing. You are precious to me. Would you turn your eyes from people and begin to face God? And begin to hear what he has to tell you? Hallelujah. Tell somebody turn your eyes and face God. Turn your eyes and face God. Hallelujah. Begin to hear from him. John 17, Jesus. Jesus was so sure. I mean, just, he was so sure of himself. I don't need to do this to please people. Hey. Verse 4. Look at what Jesus' mind was. Verse 4, John 17, verse 4. He says, I've brought glory. I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, do what? Do what? Glorify me. Hallelujah. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Jesus knew who he was. He knew. He knew that God i glorify them. I think we should set our eyes on obeying God and being his servant. Paul said, he said, if I'm trying to please men, I will not, try, I will not be a servant of God. In Galatians, he says, I cannot be a servant of God if I'm trying to please men. You cannot serve God. In church, we cannot serve God if we are trying to please men. Let me finish with Deuteronomy chapter 26. Deuteronomy 26 verse 17. Deuteronomy 26 verse 17. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Since you have declared this day that the Lord your God and that's that the Lord is your God, and that you walk in obedience to him. That you will keep his decrees, commands, and laws. That you will listen to him. Verse 18. And the Lord has declared this day that you are his people. His treasured possession. His treasured possession. Hallelujah. The treasured possession, it has a word in Hebrew. It means like you have a, a bag. It's like you have a bag. But there's something in your bag that is more precious to you than anything. It's like your purse. Where your card is, where your whatever is, where everything is, your key is, it is your treasured possession. Your bag is your treasure, but that's that small thing. If you lose your bag, you would think first about that purse. It says, you are like that to me. You are my treasured possession. Can we try to look to God and to see how He looks at us and to see how He feels about us and begin to get our validation and our worth and all that from that relationship with Him? You are my treasured possession. And this was in the old covenant. I wonder what this is in the new covenant. This is amazing. He says, as he promised, and that you are to keep all his commands. Verse 19. He has declared that he will set you in praise. He, God, God is the one who sets us in praise. Not ourselves. Not ourselves. I will set you in praise. Maybe you've struggled. You've suffered abuse from your home. From your parents, from a from an auntie, from a relationship, and you feel worthless. You are trying hard to find yourself. It is God. It is God. He says, first of all, you are my treasured possession. And then He says, what? He is the one who sets you in praise, fame, and honor above all the nations he made. He has, he has made and above all the nations he has made and that you are to be a holy people to the Lord as he promised. Hallelujah. Jesus says it is not for my glory. A lot of things are done today for personal glory. But this part of Jesus just amazes me perform do hard do what do the hard things do the things you have to do as a servant of God not for glory to glorify him and believe that he is the one toward to glorify you shall we pray thank you father oh thank you Jesus maybe father we we failed in many ways when it comes to this been trying hard to find validation in the eyes of people. We're trying hard. But maybe we are not listening to you. Maybe we are not listening to you. Father, forgive us in the name of Jesus. Forgive us. Maybe we become like the sons of Cain. Trying to perform. Maybe we're even serving you. (laughs) But a lot of it is about us. Oh, Father, take us out of this. Help us out of this. May we become like you, Jesus, who did not seek your own, but rather seek the glory of the Lord. Seek the glory of the Father. And Father, in whatever way we've been abused, whatever way we've suffered rejection, somehow, either in our families, either growing up, either in a relationship, either with a boss. And Father, we are just on this trend of just trying to get ourselves and get our worth and get our dignity and get our sense of importance. Father, I pray that you take us out of it in the name of Jesus. I pray for every wounded person be healed. Be healed, be healed from words of abuse, from actions of abuse, from self-rejection. In the name of Jesus, any way our souls are damaged, Father. You said you are the one who restores our soul. You restore our soul. Father, restore us in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that we lift up our eyes to you and realize that you have loved us and realize how much you've given for us and still believe that you are the one to set us in praise you are the one to honor us you are the one to bless us we thank you we thank you in the name of Jesus Amen Amen we thank you Jesus